0: Hey it's Matt here. Before we dive into today's episode I want to let you know that you can still register for the Off the Rooftop 14-day challenge running from June 1st to 14th. Every day in a private Facebook group there's daily training going on from top North American experts to help you conquer porn and other sexual vices. So join us and catch the remaining live trainings as well as the replays for any that you missed. Go to restoredministries.ca to register for free and make sure to share with your friends. We'll hope to see you there.
1: Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Brad Haster.
0: Welcome to another Pure Victory Podcast. Matt Klein here, sitting with Brad Hafter, and a special guest today, Mary Dirksen. Welcome, Mary. Hi. <laughs> Mary, it's great to have you here. We know that you've got uh, you've got a story with pornography in the past, and this is an issue that's often talked about as a man's issue and thought of as a man's issue by people all over the world. And so uh, more and more women are being exposed to pornography. And we know that even uh, when you look at stats on the internet and Google searches, uh, it's about a third of Google searches every year for pornography are done by women. And so Um, it is a problem and it's it's something that's a growing demographic the biggest growing demographic actually for porn consumption is women and so it's awesome that you're here to speak about pornography from a women's perspective and so just start off by talking about how did it start for you with pornography and and what did that do to you inside in terms of your your view of yourself
1: I started a long time ago um, and at the time I did not fully know what it was that i was getting into um i went to a friend's house and we were googling her name for something they're like if you google this name something weird pops up and so we're like oh okay like that'll be funny and then it was like a sex thing and we're like oh and like i i'm pretty sure they clicked on it like the group of friends that i was with and then Um, something in me kind of triggered a little bit. And I was like, oh, like, what is that? And then I went home and started looking at similar things because I was like, oh, this kind of, like, makes me feel good or whatever, right? And at the time, I didn't understand what it was because I had this idea in my head that, like, porn was just sex. And so Mm -hmm. it, like, wasn't fully that. It wasn't, like, just intercourse. Right. And so I had that idea in my head of what porn looked like. And so when I was looking at these other images, I was like, oh, this is different. Or it's like, oh, I'm a Christian, so I'm not looking at porn. And so I had that kind of image going through my head the whole time that I would kind of look at it. So that probably would have lasted for three years.
0: Right, and so then you went through childhood and, and you're going to school and you're going to church and youth group and it was yeah. just kind of a secret that you always had from there.
1: Yeah, and it was like, I didn't necessarily keep it in as a secret because I didn't think I was doing anything wrong. Right, right. Um, so it was because I had heard all about what porn was and and that, that idea that it's a man's thing, right? So it's like, oh, I couldn't, that's not what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, I'm just this, whatever, 12, 13-year-old girl, like, Girls don't look at porn. And so I I guess, I I mean, obviously I did keep it a secret. And then I don't remember how it came up, but a friend and I were talking in, when I was in grade 10 and she was also going through something similar. But both of us, well, at least me, I didn't think it was, I still didn't know it was porn. Right. right. <laughs> and so it was like, um, I, yeah, I didn't know. And so I think she did because she was kind of like realized it. Talked to her mom, got out of it, and I was still in it. And I think that was where the first kind of shame set in. Oh, okay. Um, was like, oh, I have this friend that's dealing with the same thing as me, but she's getting out of it, and I'm not. Right. So maybe I do need to look at, like, what this is.
2: Right. So, and then, like, So, like, shame is such a big part of yeah. everybody's story that struggles with porn. For Matt and I, we get that. That was part of our story, too. But... For you as a woman, how did you interact with shame? Because often with shame, we we go underground, we hide more and more. But yeah. you're you're coming at this perspective. Well, it's a guy's issue, but I'm struggling, and what do I do with this? So, what did that look like for you? Like, what were some of the things that you you did out of that shame to maybe try to hide or maybe try to tell people or whatever else? Like, what was that looking like for you?
1: I just didn't tell anyone. Yeah. Like I was it's so because it's a man's a man's thing. Yeah it's so air quotes air quotes people. Yeah. <laughs> it's I like I just didn't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. So like I told my one friend in grade ten, and she was the only one that kind of knew. And and so I just it just kept me hidden and it kept me going deeper into like the porn rabbit hole of like oh now I'm actually looking at what I thought it was, even though the whole time I was right. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah. So just looking through that and then the shame would set in, but I also have this idea of like, well, I'm a Christian and God forgives me. And so therefore it's okay. Right. Cause he forgives me every time. Right. And so I didn't seek out that forgiveness cause I wasn't, I was sorry that I was doing it, but obviously not sorry enough because I kept doing it.
0: Yeah, and so a lot of times when we're in the midst of it, we don't realize how it affects us, right? And looking back, you're like, oh man, that affected me in this way or that way. And um, did you realize at the time maybe how it affected your relationship with God? Or is it something where you look back now and you can see it more clearly?
1: Um, At the time, I don't think I knew how it affected my relationship with God until like way after high school. I was kind of seeing friends go deeper in their relationship with God and it was kind of like, well, what the heck? Like, oh, okay. yeah. I want to feel that. or, But then I'd, I'd have moments where I would go really deep with God. And I think those moments were when it wasn't so bad. Right. You know, like it was kind of like, I was still living at home. So it's not like I was going to be looking at anything or, right. I was at the Dream Center and I didn't have internet access. So yeah, it was like yeah. a lot easier to like yeah. Yeah. kind of do that. And so when I started telling people The shame would kind of lift for a minute because I'd feel not alone, but I didn't always get the accountability that I needed. I don't think that people knew how to help me, the people that Mm -hmm. I had told, right? Right. And so it's like, do they just straight up ask or do they kind of like weave their way in because it's such an uncomfortable thing to talk about? And at that time, it still, because that would have been almost 10 years ago now, like it still was very much... A guys thing and it mm-hmm. wasn't there wasn't a lot of talk about women dealing with porn and so it was kind of a hard thing for me to be one of the first people because I'd never seen another woman deal with it at that point well my friend in grade 10 but right I didn't know what was going on so it yeah, kind yeah. of like different <laughs> right but and it,
2: how did it affect your your other relationships we talked about your relationship with God but what did that do for your maybe perception of self but your perception of others and your relationships with them
1: um it made me feel less christian Mm -hmm. again like it was they like my friends were going through all of this stuff with their own relationship with god and i felt like i wasn't there and it kind of like would put up a wall of like oh i can't talk to them about this because i'll be like the outcast or like Mm -hmm. i'll be like the person that i would judge because i would judgmental person <laughs> so it was like <laughs> yeah. of course we're our harshest critics but um so i would put that on other people like they're gonna think that of me yeah. mm-hmm. versus m- what they actually probably did think which was like oh no my friend is struggling right and yeah, so that's
0: important for a lot of people to realize and to hear because yeah i mean i know for me i know for brad and i know for most everybody who struggles you're always scared of being judged and being scared of just kind of being exposed and people knowing your darkest secret right yeah. but i mean 99 percent of the time or 90 percent of the time you're just going to receive love back especially yeah. if you tell people mm. who care about you and who love you and and who are, are mature you mentioned something about the questions that people ask and and how people just kind of would get awkward and, and want to avoid it and so um Would it have helped if someone just came out straight and said, like, hey, how are you doing with porn? Like, say they knew about your story, and instead of just saying, hey, how are you doing, like, would it have helped if they just got direct with you and said, how are you doing with pornography?
1: I think, yes. At the time, it depends on what time I was at, I think, in my walk, right? Because there's times where it's like, I didn't want to deal with it. And I did have one friend that kind of would do that, and I would just be like... (sighs) Like, I don't know. Like, I don't <laughs> want to talk about this because I'm not doing well. Whereas when I was doing well, I wished that someone would ask so that I could be like, yes, like, mm-hmm. I haven't watched anything for like a month or six months or right. whatever it was. And so um, I did have one friend kind of do that, but it wasn't, I guess, as frequently as I wanted. Um, and so then even when I talk to people that I know are dealing with it, it's hard to find even... On the other side, like it's it is hard to find that uh, the balance of when to bring it up or Mm. how frequently to bring it up because you don't want it to be like constantly like every day or every week being like how are you doing with this how because then they're constantly thinking about it too, Um, but you also don't want to leave it too long because then you feel abandoned like oh they don't care about me yeah Um, oh they're not asking so. They forgot or whatever it is, right? So there is finding that balance. And so when I ask people, I do straight up just be like, how are you doing with porn? Like, <laughs> like, how yeah. was this week? What yeah. can I pray for you for? And it's just because that's what I'm asking them about. I'm not, I do care about their well-being. right? But at that instance, that's what I'm caring about. And that's what I want to know about. So mm-hmm. that's what I ask. And that is what I wish Friends ask me more frequently mm. um, because yeah, I can say, how are you doing? And that is like an open-ended question. Oh, I'm great. Work's great. Life's great. Church is great. Not even going to talk about porn, mm. right? Versus how are you doing with porn? It's like, oh, I have to answer this now, right? right? And yeah. so it kind of forces you to deal when you don't necessarily want to. That direct approach is really...
2: The directness is, is, yeah. uh, is, well, it sounds like for you, it was, it was one of those points maybe that led you to wanting to have greater understanding about what was happening yeah. in your life. When Matt and I, we've talked about this too a little bit, how someone who has porn in their story, eventually they get to this point, they have these points on their journey, but they get mm-hmm. to this point where like, wow, okay, this is, this is a big deal in my life. Mm-hmm. I need to change or I need, I need help.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What was that point for you?
1: I was hanging out with three married friends. So before that, my my one girlfriend was like, I don't think God's going to bring your husband into your life until you deal with this and get it under control. And I was kind of like, oh, well, that's nice. Like, I'm never going to get married then. kind of thing. Straight like talk. Yeah, because like, I've tried to get free and I haven't been able to. And like, I've had the cycles of like, oh, I went a few months and I was good and then it yeah. comes back or whatever. So they hit the... the The point for me, um, when I was straight out of high school, I went to the dream center Mm -hmm. and at the dream center, I met at like my, my roommate was really great. And I told her about it. I told my leader about it and I was like doing really well because A, I didn't have a lot of internet access, which helped, but B, it was like, I'm at this place where you're growing in your relationship with God. This is like what you want to do. Don't have time for porn. I was also just too tired, like all Mm -hmm. those things. Right. But then I went home for Christmas I have internet and I'm bored and it just came back so much worse. Mm -hmm. It was not going away anytime soon. Right. And I was just, I would tell people, but I, I didn't want it. And so, so I was hanging out this one night with three married friends and they were kind of ranting about their husbands a little bit. And I was like, what the heck? At least you guys have husbands. Like, you know, like (laughs) I'm going to go home by myself. And I had just gotten, uh, I had been broken up with earlier that year. So I went home from that hangout with my friends and I wanted to look at porn so bad. I was so alone. I was so tired. I was just sick of like being single. And I like, I knew at that moment that I had hit like the rock bottom for my journey. I was like, this is not healthy. <laughs> this is not where I should be turning right now. But it's where I wanted to turn, and that night I didn't. I was about to, and that's when I had that realization. And the next day, I texted ten friends and I was like, "This is what I'm dealing with. Pray for me. Ask me about it. Don't tell your husbands because I'm still really like not sure about this." Yeah. Um, and most of them came back with like, "Like, thanks so much for sharing. Thank you for." breaking that up, like, that's so great that you're doing that, and, like, all this stuff. At that moment, I knew, okay, this is when, this is when it's going to change. I, like, got an app on my phone that told me how many days I was going for free, Um, and then it would give you, like, little tokens, like, after, like, like a week and a month and, like, a year. Kind of like when you go to, like, AA or something, right, where you sure. get your little pins. Yeah. So, like, that helped. A friend that I talked about with, she told me about this app that she was dealing with, for like a different kind of addiction, but it was still like that idea. And I found that that really helped. And then I took like a course, um, by nothing hidden ministries. And one of the, one of the friends that I told, told, told me about it. And she was like, I'll pay for half of this course for you. Mm -hmm. If this is something Mm -hmm. that you want, um, I've taken their other courses. I haven't taken this one. I've taken their other ones Mm -hmm. and they're really great. And so, um, I will pay for half of this course for you. And I was like, okay cool. <laughs> i have no problem accepting stuff like that so that's
0: cool so it sounds like um when you really started realizing what porn was costing you in your life it was costing your ability to have a relationship and yeah. and to just kind of even feel good and content in your singleness too yeah you realize that and that's when it hit rock bottom and i know a lot of people don't spend the time thinking like what is this costing me they're just so yeah. Uh, engulfed in their addiction and they just go watch pornography and shut their brain off all the time but it's at the point where you really realize what it's costing you that was the same for me was exactly the same mm-hmm. thing where i realized what it was costing me um and and so for you that was when you started taking it seriously it's really cool for you to say that because it's important i think for people to hear like just spend time and pray and ask god like what could be in my life right now or what could be in the future that won't be because of pornography i think that's a really powerful thing And so you move forward, you take this course from Nothing Hidden Ministries, and you start your journey to freedom, and then you end up meeting Jason, and you start dating Jason, and Jason's now Mm -hmm. your husband, Mm -hmm. We've been married for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And so what was the experience like in dating Jason versus looking at guys who you wanted to date before when you were still engaged in pornography?
1: I did feel a lot freer to tell him about it, um... And at that point, I was starting a blog even to like just... I wrote the blog literally to release my story, but I didn't want it to be just straight up that. So I'd written some other blogs before it and I haven't written any since. But um, so I had this this other whole thing going on, which like gave me a bit more confidence even in my relationship with Jason. Um, But I don't know if it necessarily was that there was something different because I didn't date a lot, right? Like I had one other boyfriend and I told him about it because I felt like I should at the time. And I was still in the heat of it when I started dating this other guy and he kind of reacted like, so like I deal with that too kind of thing, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that was, that was the first time I'd ever told a guy. So like it was, it was really kind of scary to me because I was didn't know how he would respond, right? Yeah. So when I started dating Jason, um, I had been free for about six months. Uh, so I had this different kind of confidence, I think, going into the relationship, mm-hmm. knowing this wasn't something going on in my life. I was still actively working at remaining free from it. Right. But it wasn't something that it was like, oh, I'm going on a date with him and then I'm going home and watching porn, right? right. Because that I think to me would have been just weird. Um, And I felt like I could go on in this relationship because I didn't have this huge secret behind me uh, that, that I was still going through. Right. Mm -hmm. I did have the secret of like, I have to tell this guy, Um, but it wasn't, it was different because I was out of it. I wasn't in it. And it just, it was so much more freeing for me to be able to tell him in, in that way versus being in the middle of it when I told my other boyfriend, like my ex, like, oh, this is what I'm dealing with now currently still. Right. Um. So it just, yeah, it was so much more freeing for me to be able to, to have that behind me before entering into a relationship, which did end up in marriage, right? At the time, I don't... He knew we were getting married, but I was not <laughs> sure yet. So we had this one night of him and I talking about like our deepest secrets and like, this is who we are, take it or leave it kind of thing. And so, yeah, so he had his stuff and I had my stuff and we talked about it and we were like, you know what? I still love you. This isn't as big of a, like a big of a thing as maybe we both think it is in our heads because mine's never burned me in the past, but his Mm. did. And so it was, it was just really freeing for us to be able to talk about it and, me, for him, because he's a man and did deal with it also, like I was able to be that person for him, and he was able to kind of be that person for me. I was further along in my freedom work than he was at the time, but um, yeah, we were able to like talk about it easier because it wasn't some like he's the only person that's dealt with it, mm-hmm. and I have no idea how to respond because I had never seen porn in my life, and yeah. So,
2: right. You had some understanding with that. Yeah. 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 Um, one of the things that, um, we always talk about is the importance of getting porn out of your relationships, porn out of your marriage, for instance. Why is it important even for you guys, you and and Jason, that you both understood where you were at and, and what would you tell people that maybe that's a difficult thing between them and their spouse? Why, why is it important to tell your spouse what you're going through?
1: Um, I think the key to any relationship is not having secrets mm-hmm. <laughs> and communication. So if I have this big secret, my marriage is not going to be very strong because as soon as that comes out, like, it's just not going to be good, mm-hmm. right? Um, Any secret, really. yeah. And so one as big as I'm watching other men and women have sex on TV is like a pretty big thing, you know? And so (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I don't want to carry that into my relationship. And I don't want to carry that into my marriage, especially because, because we're supposed to be the only ones that we see. Right. Mm. And so, uh, I wanted it out of my marriage. He also wanted it out of his marriage. It had, it took him a little bit more to get there. Um, it took him a little bit more to get there. And so when we, We're talking about there was a couple times in our dating relationship where he slipped. And so I but I was so hurt by it. More than I thought I would be. Like I cried when I found out. And and it I almost felt like hypocritical when I cried because I was like, Well, I've dealt with this, I know what it's like, but like it hurt inside of me. And and I think even like how I felt, if I had to tell him that same thing, like I'm sure he would have felt the same way. And we weren't even married yet, right? Yeah. Like, this is while yeah. we were still dating. Yeah. And still, like, freshly dating, right? Like, we were only dating for, like, six months when this came up. And it was just, like, oh, Like, I'd heard other friends talk about their husbands telling them and how it hurt them. And I was like, oh, whatever. Like, it won't hurt me because I've dealt with it. Yeah. But it, like, it stung. And so knowing that feeling and how like I felt very vulnerable Mm. because I was like this man that I love and like open up to and kiss and like all these things it's like he's looking at these other things and it it hurt and so we made a plan and we worked through it and I thought it was all fine and then several months later the question came up again because I just was that point blank like how are you doing with this and um, I was expecting, oh, it's fine. Like, I haven't since our conversation. <sighs> right. And I was like, and that wasn't the answer. And I, again, I was like, why? <laughs> like, right. I'm about to, like, give myself to you in marriage. And I've never, like, going into a marriage, like, I had never had sex before. And so it was like, I'm going to, like, expose everything to you. Like, yeah. I don't want you looking at other women or other things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and so that was really it made me feel so vulnerable to him. And so I was like, I don't want this in our marriage. And I know he didn't want it in the, in our marriage either. And so he stopped. I don't know his walk, how he, how he just did it. He, he's pretty strong, like strong minded, strong willed. And so like he set his mind to it and was like, I'm not going to hurt my wife. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. So going into our marriage, like, like you said, we've been married for a year and a half and I have asked him a couple of times, Um, Because I know where I am, but I don't know where he is, right? So I ask him and he's like, nope, I've been good. And so it's been like that, I think, going into our marriage and having... I don't worry about it and I can be super vulnerable with him because I know I'm all he sees right now, right? Like I don't have to like compare myself to like, oh, he's looking at these other things because I'm not good enough. Um, I don't feel like that ever. And so that I think is huge because for women we want to feel secure and we want to feel comforted and we want to feel loved and adored right and if my husband is looking at someone else I'm not going to feel secure or loved or like any of those things right and so I um so having that out of our marriage has been huge Mm -hmm. like I feel like I can give myself to him so much more because I don't worry like he instills that confidence and that security in me because we don't have porn in our marriage it's in our past and we deal with it and we talk about it and like we've had conversations about it but yeah it's
0: I love it and I love that you I think it's so important that you say that even though porn was in your past when you found out that it was in Jason's it crushed you and it hurt you (laughs) Because I think a lot of people could think like, well, what's your problem? Like it was in your past. You should understand like you're not necessarily cheating on him in in a physical way, right? Like some people would say. But I think your story gives women permission to still feel hurt and still feel that the emotions that they feel, even if it's in their life, if if porn is in their past. And then they start dating someone or they're married to someone who is also engaged in pornography. They're allowed to feel sad and they're allowed to feel crushed and they're allowed to have that High standard like you did like i don't want this in our marriage and i think that gives women a lot of permission hearing you say that that they can also feel and they don't just have to turn off their emotions just out of guilt because you know Mm -hmm. something it's something that they struggle with too and so just to end here what's something that you would say to a woman specifically struggling with pornography um who just wants to get out but maybe struggles under the shame of struggling with something that is supposed to be a man's issue
2: yeah
1: I think for women, it has come out a lot more since in the last decade even, right? Um, And so I think that knowing that it isn't just a man's thing is a huge relief. Like <laughs> for me, it was when I was like, oh, there's other women that deal with this. Like I'm not the only one mm-hmm. because that's what the devil tries to do, right? It's to trap you and to yeah. make you think like, you're the only girl that's dealing with this right now, or you're the only man that's dealing with this right now in your group of Christian friends or whatever it is. Right. And so I think that knowing that a, you're not alone is a huge thing. Um, One of the biggest takeaways from this course that I had taken was, yeah, the devil works in the secret. And so the, the more people that you tell the easier it is to kind of like, become free from it because mm-hmm. you give yourself more accountability partners mm-hmm. be very careful who you tell is one thing though is i told some people and they didn't really respond in any way and it was kind of like i just told you my deepest darkest secret right and yeah. you did nothing with that right like it was almost worse than them being like oh you deal with that and like getting disgusted with me like i almost would have rathered any response but i got like no response it was like i didn't say anything to them right and so like being careful of who you tell is, is big, but making sure that you have people in your life that you can tell and that can walk with you through it, that you can be like, Hey, I'm struggling this week. Can you pray for me without feeling that shame? Because yeah, the shame is what traps you, right? There's, there's grace from God. And I think that we often will kind of sit in that too much where it's like, Oh, God's grace is big enough. I'm fine if I keep doing this. When really it's like, yes, God's grace is big enough, but he loves you so much that he wants you to get out of this. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think for women, it's, it's easier for us to kind of hide behind the like stereotype of porn is a man's issue. And I don't have to deal with it. Um, I don't want to deal with it. Uh I think that if I tell someone that i'm gonna get like shunned from all society when really it's we live in this like sex crazed world right now where it's everywhere, like even if you don't have an addiction, like you're seeing it everywhere yeah, in movies so just like on YouTube with ads or like anything like music videos even i don't know if people watch music videos anymore, but just like that idea of. It's everywhere, right? Like even I was talking with Jason last night and we were talking about this and we were talking about how we think that it's more of a man's thing because there's that idea where sex sells. And so if you watch an ad, it's nine times out of 10, like a hot woman trying to sell some, something to a man. It's sometimes a, like a hot man trying to sell something to a woman. Mm-hmm. It's But it's mostly geared that way because the world is still geared towards more men having this issue and women kind of just hide under the rug. And so just knowing like you're not alone in this and knowing that there are other women that deal with it and want to help you and walk you through it. I think is like, that was the biggest thing for me finding out like, Oh, I'm not alone. I was saying before all the people that I told, if I told them in a group, at least one person was dealing with it. So like, say I told four groups, that's like one in every four people that I've told was like dealing with Mm -hmm. this. Right. And so I think that, and I think that sometimes people don't realize that they are dealing with it. Like me, Hmm. maybe there's, I don't know, naive, but it's it's that idea of, oh yeah, yeah," like this is something and it does affect your life. It affects your relationships. Mm -hmm. You view men differently. You view women differently. And I think that getting my head out of there has helped because I don't view men or women in a way that I did because of like watching porn and like seeing things. And then you like get these images in your head that don't go away and like now they have gone away, but they still try to creep back in. And I think that's part of it too is realizing like it is constantly going to be a struggle. If you think that like, oh, I'm good for life. Probably you're not like, <laughs> I don't want to speak that up for anyone, but you still have to work at it to, cause one trigger and you're back, back where you started. Right. So oh. knowing your triggers, telling people, getting, getting it out in the open, I think is the biggest thing that you can do.
2: And that's such an amazing point of your story is the hope as well that you're, you're presenting here. And for anyone listening out there, if you're a woman who's struggling or a man who's struggling, there is hope for you. Mm-hmm. There is an end and sight for you in the sense that God will walk you through this. But thank you, Mary, for sharing your story. Yeah. There's powerful and it gives hope. There's a lot of women out there that have kind of hiddenness and it, it, there's a hiddenness to this because, yeah, we've always viewed it as a guy's issue. But it's our issue. It's something that we need to deal with um, as men and women. And I thank you again for, for doing this. So we just want to wrap up. And if you're interested in kind of what Matt and I are doing, check out FamilyLifeCanada.com. That's more the, the, the marriage aspect and in Matt's website, Restored Ministry. So check those websites out. And we're on Spotify. We're on iTunes here. So if you want to plug into the, the podcast and subscribe, please do that. But again, thanks, Mary. And we will see you guys next week.